Good morning, everyone. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. God bless you. Good morning. This uh, little passage in Luke 10 where we see Jesus visiting the house of Mary and Martha, this passage has come at a pretty timely moment in my life. I think what he says to Martha, I feel like he's been saying to me this week, and maybe what he's saying to you this morning. So would you join me in prayer uh, as we start looking at this, that we'd have ears to hear what Jesus has to say and that it wouldn't just be in one ear and out the other. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would address us in our, in our need, whatever that be. Uh, you know us, you've brought us here this morning for your reason and you bring us to this part of your word uh, and so we pray that your spirit would do his work even as we uh, think and as we reflect on what, what, what's been preserved for us. And we pray that you'd help us to take this to heart and you would strike us again by uh, the wonder of Jesus. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, John's on holiday these next couple of weeks. Uh, if you're new or visiting, John McIndoe is our lead pastor here. Uh, I'm holding the fort, so to speak, uh, while he's away. In fact, normally on Sunday morning, I'm in the building, but I'm upstairs with the kids because uh, my role here is uh, largely to look after the kids' ministries. But here I am this morning uh, with you, and I'm actually here also tonight to, to speak to the evening service. So two talks for me today. Uh, on top of that, this past week has been quite full of different things to do. Talks really take me ages to write, even one talk, so two has been a lot. Um, but this week there's been more than the usual number of meetings and, and phone calls and people who needed to talk to a pastor, more than I'm used to anyway, uh, which is to say it's been a busy week. And don't get me wrong, I, I like busy. I think I've always have liked busy. I, I think I'm at my best when there's a deadline to push and you know there's pressures on. That's when I feel like I do my best work. You've got a million balls juggling, there's two places to be at the same time. I find that sort of stuff exciting. Uh, it's it's kind of cool when you pull it off because it's a big rush and you feel like a sense of accomplishment when you, when you get there. Now, maybe you're like me, maybe you're not. I used to cram as much as I could into my week, into my weekend. And usually that would mean it comes at the expense of sleep, uh, or I end up being double booked and have to rush from thing to thing to thing. Work hard, play hard. Put your hand up to do lots of good things, get stuff done. Now, I've scaled back a fair bit uh, since I've got Joyce and Evie because I'm a husband, I'm a father. I find I don't pull all-nighters anymore, which is probably a good thing. 
And it's a lot less pretty, I think, to drop the ball nowadays because it's not just me that's impacted by that, it's, it's other people too. But if you've had a family, you know, the, the week fills up pretty quickly, even if you're not trying to do crazy things. Without even trying, the normal rhythms and patterns of life just fill up the week. We've got a, a toddler, um, and the wake-up routine, the, the breakfast routine, getting out the door is a bit of a struggle some days. Meal times, thankfully nap times are still a thing. Bath time, putting him to bed. The whole day is pretty full around her schedule. And you squeeze in. I find when I get home, I sort of squeeze in what little I can for myself uh, around what she sort of does. Or I wait till she goes to bed uh, until I can actually do what I want to do. On top of that, you know, there's things you have to do around the house, which never ends, does it? And they say you're meant to also be getting some exercise in your week. And so just the regular mundane routine sort of stuff that we need to do to keep on like living fills up the week pretty quickly. Uh, my in-laws, uh, Joyce's mum and dad, they've both retired as of this year. And you'd think retirement would be the time when you really start to slow down, don't you? But I look at them and if anything, they're even busier than when they were working in their paid jobs. They've got grandkids to juggle now. They've picked up significant things to do at their church. They seem to always have overseas guests and family sort of knocking on their door. They're going on mission trips. It just never ends. And they're retired. Sometimes there's good reasons to to be busy, though, I think. And maybe you're someone important. You play a vital role in your organisation. You're that sort of vital cog that keeps all the other bits and pieces going. Or maybe you're involved in work that is just really good. You enjoy it, it's challenging, you're doing a good contribution. It's something you believe in and so you happily throw yourself into this even though uh, it's demanding. Or maybe you're part of uh, work, like some of you I know are, where the work is seasonal. There's parts of the year which you know, you, you, know, you know already that it's going to be really, really busy for a patch and then a bit easier. And you can tell it's going to come out, like you know, around year end, it's going to be flat out. Or when some report's going to be due, you're just going to be, that's just part of the job. Uh, maybe you're busy because you procrastinate too much. And, you know, just before crunch time, it's a mad scramble to get everything together, to make everything presentable. It may be largely self-inflicted, uh, but cramming for exams or getting something ready isn't something that you've gotten used to and you've gotten away with it so many times, you're not going to change now, are you? So life is busy. Maybe you're like me when I was younger and you just like to milk as much out of life as you can. You want to cram as much into the schedule because time is the limiting factor. So you fill your life with all sorts of good, fun things to fill out your whole day. You're always on the go. And even when you're not, there's things that you've committed to that you're willingly, you know, you want to give all your time to so your day is really occupied. Uh, Some of us have the sort of personality where we just say yes to a lot of things. And you have high expectations on what you'll deliver. And you may have issues with trusting people and so you end up taking on that burden yourself mostly because you don't like to delegate or you feel like if you don't do what you've said you'll do, no one else is going to do it and this thing is going to fall apart. And so you end up continuing in something which, uh, well, technically you're overloaded, but you don't want things to fall apart, and so you do it anyway. Uh, Maybe you're busy because the situation you find yourself in is, oh, you're in crisis. And it's gone critical, and 
you're flooded emotionally as well as with all these things, the, the sheer volume of people and things that need your attention right now. Because something urgent might have come up and everything else takes a back seat, doesn't it, when something urgent comes up. And so it becomes important because it's right now. I can imagine if today uh, someone... Think about the state of your house and your living room when you left it. Imagine if today, during the church service at morning tea, someone invites themselves over for lunch. Something as simple as that. Unexpected guests today. And you want to make a decent impression. Is the house clean? Is it not clean? You know, do, do we have food in the house? Do we need to pick up something on the way? If the person coming over today is a big deal, like, I don't know, if um, Princess Mary of Denmark decides to walk independent hills, which she has done because the Danish church is just down the road. Danish church of Australia is down the road. Say someone stuffed up her schedule and her itinerary and she walks through that door, sits down next to you, you strike up a great conversation, you hit it off and she says, hey, can I come over to lunch to your place today? Can me and my husband, the crown prince of Denmark, come and have lunch with you? Which could happen. Could happen, right? You'd say, yes, of course, your highness or whatever you call her. And then what? You'd freak out, wouldn't you? You'd have to vacuum you'd have to put out the nice plates. Last night's pasta probably isn't good enough. You'd probably want to get some fresh flowers, you'd have time to mow the lawn, probably not. But there'll be plenty to do, wouldn't there? There'll be plenty to do for royalty. That's the situation Martha finds herself in. It's an urgent invite that just sort of happened out of the blue in Luke chapter 10. All we're told is in Luke chapter 10 verse 38 that Jesus and his disciples happen to be passing through the town where she's living. And by now, ten chapters into Luke, people know that Jesus is a big deal. They know who he is. His public ministry of teaching and doing miracles has drawn crowds for him from all over the region. He's passing through. He's kind of a big deal to have come over to your place for lunch, out of the blue. But that's what she does. Martha generously opens up her home for Jesus to come in to eat, to share in some Near Eastern hospitality. It's like when you go over to Auntie Sockling's place or you go to Auntie Maud's place. There's always food, right? And from the looks of things, Martha might have even been putting them up for the night, Jesus and his disciples, because they're from out of town, they don't have a place to stay, they're travelling through. And you know what? It's a good and a generous thing that Martha has done for Jesus and his disciples, even though it puts her out, even though she suddenly finds herself with lots and lots of things to do. Put yourself in her shoes for a moment. Unexpected guests, where are they going to sleep? You know, how are we going to feed everyone? I know, I, I know what I'm like when I'm entertaining. I'm usually the one in the kitchen sort of picking over the food and, and making sure things are ready while Joyce is talking to people. I like to have the tongs in my hand at the barbecue. I like to check the levels of the water when I'm doing steamboat. I like to be doing something when I have people over. So we have Jesus who's just come into town. We have Martha who's in full hospitality mode. And we have Mary's Mary, Martha's sister. We're told she's just sitting there doing nothing. If you have your Bibles with you, let me read for us those verses again. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Luke chapter 10, starting from verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary 
who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Which is a reasonable request, isn't it? If this was your family and you and everyone else in your family are having some guests over and everyone's busy preparing the house and getting things done, except for one person who's just sitting there, you'd want to give that person a kick too, wouldn't you? It's not fair is the cry of siblings everywhere. It's not fair. I'm doing all the work. She's just sitting there. A great injustice is being permitted to go unchecked, but no more. I am dobbing Jesus. Tell her to help me. And she's expecting Jesus to say, Mary, you sack of lazy bones, go and help your sister. But it doesn't happen, does it? Verse 41. Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. And what is it that Mary has chosen? There she is, sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to what he has to say. You have to use your imagination a little bit to work out what happens next because the story stops here as far as Luke is concerned. Does Martha storm off in a huff? Typical Mary just gets away with doing nothing, grumble, grumble, grumble. Or does Martha say, I see now, sister, that I was wrong, that you were right. I will now sit down with you and put down everything I've got going and join you as we listen to Jesus. Or something in between. I don't know. You, you can tell me at morning tea what you think happens next with Martha. But Jesus' diagnosis of Martha is pretty spot on, I think. You're busy and you're frustrated because you're worried and you're upset about many things. Verse 41. And I don't doubt that there was genuinely lots of things that Martha had to do. The external situation is what it is. And there'll be times when there really is a lot on. I think Jesus was familiar with being busy from the looks of things. Jesus constantly had crowds and crowds and crowds of people seeking him out with urgent needs. We're not talking just you know, a house full of guests. We're talking about a mob full of people, all who needed him. All who... sometimes in life-threatening situations where they needed him to do something or their friend, their their family member is going to pass away. They press on him, all their needs. He's He's aware of all these things around him. He's a busy man, but so often it's not the externals, is it? It's the internal things that dictate how you respond to whatever situation. For Martha, what was going on inside? Maybe it was her sense of self and wanting to impress and wanting to not let other people down, not let herself down because this is her house. She's invited this this guest over. She had to look after them. She wanted to do a good job looking after her guests and being hospitable. Now, for many of us, I think our identity is tied up 
a lot in what we do. We like to feel capable. At least I know I do. I like to feel capable. I'm concerned about what others think of me. Being busy doing good work helps to reassure me that I'm actually making a contribution here. I'm, 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 that's my value. That's my identity. Now, Martha's busyness isn't even a bad thing. She's probably doing some good work. She's doing a generous and kind thing, opening up her house. It's not a bad thing to be busy looking after people who you've invited over. It's just that according to Jesus, Mary chooses something that's even better. And what Mary's doing that's so good isn't that she's taking a moment out to chill and unplug and unwind to get some balance, even though that may be a good advice in a busy world. But this isn't a self-care talk, as good as those things might be. The reason Mary's chosen the better option is that she recognises the real and urgent and most important thing that she needs to attend to is that she needs to listen to whatever it is that Jesus has to say to her. She knows those words have the power to change her life. Because what Jesus says often addresses her biggest needs, challenges the whole direction she's going, and she knows it. And what she does, uh, what Jesus says challenges who she is and what she does and uh, shows her what the kingdom of God is like and gives her hope. Whatever previous contact Mary has had with Jesus, she's had enough to be able to, to know that it's meant in her brain that what she really needs right now is to sit at Jesus' feet and to listen to what he has to say to her. No one else talks like him. Because no one else can. No one else has the authority. Who else has been sent from God to be the man to save the world as its Messiah? Now, poor Martha's losing her nut that there's so much going on in her house, in her world, and it's all at risk of falling apart unless she pulls it together. So she has to work, work, work to save the situation. Why don't you help me, Mary? But Jesus doesn't need Martha to be busy trying to make things okay, to play Messiah. He is the Messiah. We need him to make us okay, to speak to us and to address us at our point of need. And we need him to keep addressing us because we're not home yet, are we? And I find I lose my way so easily. Mary sees it. Me in my busyness this week, Martha in her immediate was so busy attending to everything else, she missed what was right there in her living room. The Lamb of God who's come to take away the sin of the world. The Messiah who's not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom to save her and you and me. It's a telling little account. This, uh, this one in Luke 10. It's very short. It's very simple on one level. But this week it's helped me to diagnose where my heart is at. Because I've been running around like a headless chicken trying to hold things together. 
am I not in God's word and letting it speak to me because I really think there's other things that are more important. So my challenge this coming week, John's still on holidays for another week, my challenge this week is to live by faith and not by sight. To invest time in God's word, to to sit at Jesus' feet, to listen to what he has to say to me. However much the Martha in me is going to kick and scream and, and, and go nuts, there'll be plenty to do this week. I know it already. Just thinking about it is making me a bit more stressed. But maybe you can help to keep me accountable. Ask me next Sunday whether I chose to spend time doing the one thing that's better than being busy and concerned about many things. I'll do the same for you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, this is a good world, even though for a lot of it we we muck things up, but there's still good things to do. There's good opportunities to serve and to love and to be busy. But more than our need to work and be busy, our need is for you to address us at our point of need. So we look to you this week and amongst all the crisis and and, and busyness and all the different things that are going on, please be our anchor and our rock and help us to make the wise call to turn to you, to hear what you have to say, to have you address us before we dive into our own busyness again. Father, it's hard for us to do that. Those of us who are more you know, activists by nature, who like to be doing things, who like to be achieving on our own, give us the humility to accept that we are creatures in your world, that you are God, that you know best. And so help us to have joy in, in coming to sit at your feet to listen to what you have to say. And give us that grace in Jesus' name. Amen.